0: No, it's not Ezra. Or the spiders. It's... It's me. Fear, grief, anger. That's how they see me. That's how I see myself. Ah, Your sight returns. (laughs) I distanced myself from everyone. From the Force, too. Your connection to the Force allows you to see in ways others cannot. If you can see yourself... You will never be truly blind, Kanan and Jarrus, Jedi Knight. I understand. Where are you going? Ezra needs me. They all do. What of the spiders? <laughs> I can see them, so there's nothing to fear. And what of this? Mm-hmm. Keep it as a gift. Oh!
1: fans, Moof Milkers everywhere. Welcome to Blast Points number 41. Wow. I know. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. You're listening to the only Star Wars podcast out out there that knows what the fans really want. They really want a whole episode filled with two guys doing the whole episode in Bendu voice. Did you hear Rogue One has a new composer? (laughs) Is
2: it Michael
0: Giacchino? <laughs> it's not splat anymore, gay bot. I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. I fear something terrible has happened. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get back to the uh, we'll get back to those
1: Bendu voices because I, I think we hit comedy gold right there. I think so.
2: <laughs> Everybody turned turned the podcast off.
1: So last week, it was like last Wednesday, uh, Disney big boss man Bob Iger was at some New York Goldman Sachs conference and he he said some stuff. He said like he doesn't expect Rogue One to do Force Awakens business, which, you know, not every movie can make two billion dollars worldwide. Um, But the interesting thing he was saying that him and Kathy Kennedy recently, just of like last week sometime, mapped out Star Wars movies through 2020 and talked about Star Wars plans for 2021 and beyond. They talked about how they hired a writer for the third still unknown Star Wars story, standalone film. I mean, some people were acting like this was a surprise that this was going to keep going past episode nine which really isn't a surprise at all
2: no i would have thought as soon as they sold it to disney that it was pretty obvious that disney was going to keep making star wars movies as long as they can yeah forever forever until because even if they people get tired they'll just take a break for a few years and then bring it back
1: or like how pixar will take one year off and then you know there's a new pixar movie and it's
2: like oh my god we haven't had a pixar movie in so long you know but even if you look at the marvel movies it's like they can do what two almost they're working towards three Marvel movies a year and people aren't tired of that yet and oh. with Star Wars it's only one movie a year right uh, it's, it's gonna be a long time before people get burned out
1: and it, one thing it made me think about is so there's gonna be Star Wars story films and episode, episode films past nine so eventually we'll get to 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 who knows but it made me wonder how long. Like the Ray, Kylo Ren, Finn. How long that story will keep going?
2: The thing that'll be different than in the past is potentially, if they wanted to, they could just keep going with ten, eleven, twelve with the same characters. But they would have to; they wouldn't be able to jump ahead in the story because I mean, even between seven, eight, and nine, there's such there's only a year break in between. Where with the the prequels of the original trilogy, there was three whole years in between them. The other three movies, there was more. You know, people got older a lot. More between the movies,
3: Annie. My goodness, you've grown.
2: So have you, grown more beautiful? I mean,
1: well, for a senator, I mean. Do you think that's partially a reason why eight is beginning right at the end of seven? Like, there's seriously no time to waste.
2: It could be. I mean, they're taking advantage of the fact that there's less time between the movies. Right, but yeah, it would be weird if they, because of that, they, you know, we get six movies with the new cast instead of three but the thing that was with kind of makes me wish they would switch it up is like going back and watching I watched some of uh, season two rebels kind of getting ready for season three to start and it was cool to see the stuff with Rex and Ahsoka just how much Star Wars as a story is about generations and keeps continuing to be about generations and other than maybe Frodo and Bilbo and Lord of the Rings I can't think of much other continuous saga kind of stuff where you do they make a point to basically have the previous generations talking to the newer generations and characters carrying over between the time periods, which is something that Rebels is doing so well. That it would be a shame if Star if uh, the movies don't do that and when they go into Episode Ten to not basically start over and have you know Ray and Finn kind of be the, the older characters, but they won't be that. They'll only be a year older. So I don't know how <laughs> they would do that. But I'm sure they are. That's the stuff they're trying to figure out right now. We'll see how the standalone movies do. But you know, maybe they could. They would take a break from the numbered movies. And just do Star Wars stories for six years And make the episode ones a bigger deal That, you know, they take a five-year break Between episode nine and episode ten or something
1: What if the Han, like we, I think we said this before What if the Han Solo movie comes out and it's a huge hit And they want to make Han Solo movie two Yeah Or Han it's Solo like a- movie three
0: Han Solo. Oh, Han Solo Han Solo Han Solo Han Solo Han Solo Han
3: Solo
1: Han Solo!
0: Han Solo! Han Solo. Han Solo. Han <laughs>
1: Solo. More off the motion, the motion picture. You wanted more more off. <laughs> more more off. <laughs> yeah. Coming in 2034. He, yeah. start, he starts a breakdancing team to save a hospital. That's we, Yeah,
2: we, I'm sure everyone's going to want his backstory of how he ended up being a... Breakdancer. A, t- a towering machine gunner, but before that, yeah, he was a breakdancer. Mm-hmm. A battle dancer.
3: <laughs> Electric Boogaloo! the ultimate show. We can leave ozone and turbo. Electric Boogaloo is breakdance too. Yes, ooh! Hi!
1: <laughs> so, speaking of Moroff, there was some Rogue One news. <coughs> Probably the biggest news that shocked a lot of people, including me, was that uh, Alexander Desplat would no longer be doing the score and it would be done by our main man, Michael Frappuccino.
2: Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere, it seemed like. But it's a weird, yeah, I I have weird feelings in that because I was kind of excited to hear what Alexander Desplat did with the music because he did a good job kind of taking over for John Williams in the Harry Potter films. But then on the other hand, we've talked about this, how it just seemed like Michael Giacchino was the guy they should have gotten in the first place anyway. So I guess we'll get to find out, because I really like his, well, a lot of his scores, but his Star Trek music especially, too, has been really good. I
1: think I texted you about it, and you said something like, uh, I mean, for me, Frappuccino, he's one of the only people making scores out there where, I wouldn't say all of his scores, but a lot of his scores, you can walk out of the theater humming the theme, which there was that whole thing going around with the marvel movies that their lack of memorable scores and i don't know frappuccino at least for i think especially his star trek films and a lot of the stuff he does for pixar he makes themes like old-fashioned themes
2: In with the Star Wars style.
1: Do you believe that um, it was a question of timing?
2: I think so because actually, because of that that Marvel story, there was a link to the because I think it's Hollywood Reporter has a bunch of uh, roundtables with film composers, which are were really, have been really interesting to go back to go listen to. They think they've done one every year, every other year, um, and there was one with Alexander, his plot in it, and he had did like six movies that year or something, where like a lot of the other composers had did one done one or two. Mm-hmm. So it does seem like he's just works a lot and that does make sense if you know he's got something else scheduled later in the year that he just didn't have time to do both
1: i wonder if he had like a temp track or had scored some stuff out and i wonder if the edit had changed so much maybe in the past four or three few months or something that kind of for him to go back and change what is already he'd kind of set and was like probably getting ready to get ready to score in the next couple months
2: there's probably music already that he did and it's just yeah with the with the changes to the movie he doesn't have time in his schedule to go make the changes in the music that they probably wanted yeah and i couldn't i wouldn't be surprised if Kathy kennedy's making a point of not doing one of the things that I, the prequels got a lot of flack for at least the second two of of the edit going so up, so late that they didn't have time to rescore the music to the edit, so the music itself got kind of edited after the fact as well. Three,
3: four, five. When I was a kid, I saw Star Wars, I was nine years old, and that kind of changed everything for me. So, flash forward all of these years and I, you know, they said, you wanted to work on Star Tours. I was like, are you kidding me? Of course, why would I not want to work on Star Tours?
1: I looked at it from the point of view of a fan, of which I was, and for me, I just wanted it to feel like Star Wars. I wanted to put the person who was in that queue, waiting in line, uh, in this world. So we had some other weird Rogue One news, very exciting that we learned more about Moroff. What I don't Would know you, what what were these things that came out?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe these are from the f- action figures possibly.
1: I don't know. There were there, so there were pictures of Moroff and Power that came out. Moroff we learned that he seeks out combat zones to sell his brawn and firepower to anyone who might need it. He figures there's money to be made for a towering,
2: heavy gunner. And his species is the Gigorians, <laughs> And they're Gygorgous.
3: <laughs> You're so beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love.
0: No, <laughs> no, it's because I'm so in love
1: with you. What do other Gygorians, Gygorians look like? Him?
2: I don't know. You think they are all have white hair or that they maybe he's just an albino? Just think someone on this crew, their job is to just brush his hair every day. Lucky. Yeah. Every morning, just brushing more off. <laughs>
1: it's more and more and more off. Yeah. Are they friends with Wookiees? Are they They have to be, right? Like they have so much in common.
2: Yeah, maybe or maybe there's like a rivalry. Oh, maybe they play each other in like a basketball tournament every year, <laughs> something.
1: <laughs> so then we learn more about Pau POW, and Pau's species is a Drabada. Do you think I'm saying that right? That looks about right. I would say that. Yeah. He's an amphibious Drabada, charges into battle with the full-throated battle cry of Sakara. Sakala.
2: Sakala. 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 It's going to be a lot of that. We'll be crying that out multiple times. (laughs) If you hear someone yelling Sakala, me or Jason's in the theater with you.
1: (laughs) In the ER room. They brought in this guy. He's laying on the hospital bed. All he can keep saying is Sakala over and over again. What does
0: that mean? (laughs) Probably hopped up on goofballs. This is outrageous. It's outrageous.
1: This is outrageous. We need more. More. More off.
2: I wonder if his brother's name is less off. Phil <laughs> have a twin like Two Tubes? Man, just think of him and Two Tubes have a scene together, and it's just lots of grunting and tube air tube sounds.
1: You know, Two Tubes blew up over the summer, but people have kind of stopped talking about Two Tubes, and it kind of makes me sad.
2: Yeah, and there's no Two Tubes figure. Force Friday that we know of yet.
1: Oh, what if you go Maybe. into the store and there's a two tubes?
2: Didn't we talk about that? There needs, there's got to be a two tubes two pack. It better be with two tubes and oh, I forgot his brother's name. Beef stick, beef beef stick, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll just buy a beef stick at Toys R Us. They sell I couldn't put a uh, get the not Hunt mask from uh, you know your old figures and put it on the beef stick. Done. <laughs> St- stick it in a spaceship. <laughs>
0: Intercepted a rebel transmission. It repeats. It repeats. It repeats. It repeats. It repeats.
2: Welcome to the rebellion. Rebel, rebel,
0: Jedi.
2: Rebel, Jedi. rebel,
0: Jedi. Rebel, Jedi. Rebel, Jedi. Embrace your destinies. Rebel. Shedi. Rebel. Shedi. Rebel. Shedi. Turn away before it's too late! Late! Welcome to the rebellion.
1: The big news this week clearly was the Star Wars Rebels, Steps yeah. in the Shadow. So before. Rebels came out, though, there was a little news that dropped that Dave Filoni is no longer the supervising director. And a lot of people freaked out, jumped off their roof. But it's really, it's not bad news at all.
2: No, it's probably for good news. Yeah. Yeah, so the new
1: supervising director is this guy, Justin Ridge, who storyboarded and directed Clone Wars and Rebels episodes. And yeah,
2: he was with Clone Wars right from season one, too, so he's like... He's with the old school crew.
1: And Filoni is still the executive producer on the show. And the statement from Lucasfilm said that uh, he's, Dave Filoni still involved as ever, overseeing all aspects of Star Wars roles production as executive producer and occasionally directing episodes. In many ways, mentoring Justin and moving to the role of supervising director has made it possible for Dave to be even more immersed in the writing and story structure of the show, as well as creatively overseeing future animation development.
3: You ready for uh, Star Wars Rebels today? Real excited. We've got some surprises, a lot of surprises, I hope. Some things, you know, perhaps you've been waiting for, other things I know you have no idea, so a little mix. When I put the cowboy hat on, and they're like... (laughs) <laughs> and then it starts shaking. It's weird. Oh, my God. It's And then I get the picture, and they don't realize I took the picture on my camera, and they don't have that picture. So then they chase me down again. They're like, I need a picture on my camera. There's sad cries and happy cries. And she was crying tears of joy. You know, that's what she was doing, I mean, because she was so, so happy to be living this moment that she didn't know was going to happen in this show so that's i've made her cry out of sadness before like when i tell her soka died and all that stuff and then i say no 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 just kidding and i keep her on edge like all of you and that's fun for me because mm-hmm. you know i have so little fun look there's a tiny like baby krennic
1: so i think that pretty much confirms that there is i mean surprise surprise, Lando in disguise but there is another star wars anime show in development no
2: there is another yeah which kind of ties in with uh Man, I can't remember that lady's name who was out at the ranch talking about another animated show possibly. Yeah. And also I like Pablo's, uh, Hidalgo's tweet basically saying Dave is the new, he's the George Lucas of animation now basically. (laughs) He's the brains behind the animation department, which he kind of was anyway, but now it seems like that's his official thing is he's not dealing with the day-to-day on a specific show, but he's looking at the big picture of the animation universe.
1: Which in some ways, like in the past, I kind of imagine that's just what his job was anyways.
2: It probably was that, plus trying to do all the stuff of keeping individual episodes coming along. Yeah. Um, But I guess the other thing I mean to think about too is, so season three is probably done. Yeah. Totally. As far as them making it, right? So if uh, the new guy is in the credits as being supervising director on this episode, this change has probably been happening, has happened for months now. So not only is this change happening, whatever Dave Filoni's been up to is pretty far along. Oh, yeah. So, man, yeah, maybe we'll find out about a new animated show at Celebration. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Saturday night, it was proven that Filoni still knows what he's doing, and he's got a good team because Steps into Shadow came out. Yeah, beginning season three is underway for Star Wars Rebels, and I think uh, you know probably comes as no surprise to our listeners. Guess what? I liked it.
2: Yeah, I think it was a good, it was a good season opener.
1: You know, let's start in the beginning with uh, with Ezra, because the episode pretty much starts out with Ezra. Doing doing his dirty deeds. Yeah. done dirt well, cheap. We... dirty deeds, done cheap. Dirty deeds.
3: Done cheap. Dirty deeds. Done cheap. Dirty deeds and done cheap.
2: Yeah, it was it was neat with this season starting out different than maybe the past two is that it starts out and you can tell quite a bit of time has passed. Yeah. Um, and it was cool how kind of they kind of just starting in like, with no really setup of what's happened. It's just all of a sudden, wait, Ezra's leading the mission. You got a haircut.
1: I was really trying to look at Ezra's hair, and I can't figure out like where it begins or ends.
2: <laughs> it is kind of like a. Uh, it's almost like the the robot hair and heartbeeps. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it's like a lego hair thing but i can't is it going backwards is it like just really short i couldn't i couldn't figure it out
2: yeah it's a little weird i think his new outfits going to grow on me or his new actually, yeah but I it, do...
1: if one thing the star wars films have shown us that as you tap into the dark side your hair gets
2: extra sweet <laughs> it gets slick <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll grow a mustache and he can get the whole Freddie Mercury look going. (laughs) Which would be pretty sweet. And that fits in with the whole teenager thing, right? Yeah. What are you going to shave that mustache?
1: He should have, like, you know, a little half mustache. A little little fuzz. I'm not a kid anymore. Look. Look at this (laughs) on my lip. I'm letting this grow all the way in, Kanan. I'm a man now.
3: I knew the details of the mission. Turbo got himself killed. It's not my fault.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ezra really is, like, the ultimate teenager right now. Like, I expected him, like, in his little bedroom on the ghost of, like, drawing, like, a pencil portrait of Kurt Cobain or something, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Writing, reading Jim Morrison poetry or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, you know, we heard we heard uh, Zeb listen to Space Van Halen, so maybe uh, <laughs> Ezra's going to be listening to Space Doors yeah. soon.
1: He should have the best of the doors, like, yeah. in his room, like, listening to Riders on the Storm.
2: Like, this is so deep. Yeah, but they'd be called the Blast Doors. <laughs> <laughs> Open the Blast Doors! Open the Blast Doors! I don't know, it's pretty cool to see him with the green lightsaber, though. Yeah, that, that. is cool. I kind of like the whole, he's basically didn't have, the, I mean, they're basically mirroring original trilogy with that, right? By season, season one, he didn't really have the saber, then he got a saber. Season two, he had the blue saber. Season three, he's a little bit dark and rocking the green saber
1: right can we talk about um hondo's agnat uh, tembo rest I in peace i hope we can <laughs> r.i.p tembo
2: yeah rebels knows what's up yeah
0: no you cannot have a double chair you greedy little pig.
3: What do you mean the deal's off? No, Turbo, wait. This is not good business. <laughs> no.
0: Well, I guess the deal is off. <laughs>
1: it's running after his dream. It's an Ugnaught wearing overalls.
2: Yeah. Well, and I was like, oh, man, it's awesome. They have the little Ugnaught. And then the fact that they kept it going and they go... Rescue the rest of the Ugnats, which means those Ugnats are going to be hanging out with Hondo probably the rest of the season. I
1: hope so. I hope he's got a crew of Ugnats with him,
2: right? Because he needs to get a new crew together now. So yeah, his crew is just getting better and better.
1: <laughs> the the Ugnat with a Mike Tyson tattoo. Yeah,
2: didn't want to have like a visor glasses too. Yeah, I think Like so. he should be in Kanji Club.
1: <laughs> Tell that to Kanji Club.
2: <laughs> Maybe he
1: is. For all we know, that could be the roots of Kanji Club.
2: Um, there, yeah, the original Kanji Club. It's all ugnats and
1: Shades. <laughs> After that crazy mission, they go back to the ghost, and uh, Ezra goes back into his bedroom. And Gabe, did you notice the, the Ben Quadrinero's poster?
2: And I didn't notice it until you told me, and then when you told me, it just totally messed with my head. That's, yeah, and crew. They got the goods. They know what's up. You yeah. know what kids want.
1: They want Ben Quadrineros.
2: Yeah.
0: I see Ben Quadraneros from the twin system.
2: It makes me think that I'm kind of bummed there's never been a pod racing animated episode. Oh, yeah. So right. maybe they're planting the seeds here that at some point the ghost crew is going to be in a pod race or something. Yeah, maybe there's an episode where Ezra meets his hero, Ben Quadraneros. <laughs>
1: I kept thinking, where in this timeline do you get a Ben Quadrenero's poster?
2: I don't. You know, maybe he's a maybe he wasn't a native to to Tatooine. Like he was like the out of town guy who came in for the for the Bunta, the Bunta Eve. So you know, like he's really big on (laughs) lethal.
1: As he should be. (laughs) Yeah. So then uh, Governor Price comes in And it's good to see Tarkin again But I kept thinking, you know, with Governor Price I'm really glad that um, They give They finally tell the rest of the story Of what happened to Irina Spalko After she got sucked into that other dimension
0: I want to know I want to know Tell me I'm ready I want to know
2: yeah, she got sent to the Star Wars galaxy.
1: Yes, and she got a job with the Empire, which makes total sense. Yep. That she's just like, oh, okay, this is kind of like what I was doing before, and my uniform isn't even all that different.
2: I'd say it's a good to, that she got a happy ending.
1: Yeah, it's good to see the 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 story of Irina Spelko continues. Uh, I wouldn't have expected that, but. Felonian crew—they know what people like. They want—they like Ben Quadrinoos and they like Kingdom of the Crystal
2: Skull.
3: Mm-hmm. You're a, a teacher,
2: part time. Quality, quality, quality. <laughs> so she's
1: talking about <laughs> sending. Get, she wants the Seventh Fleet to deal with the rebels, and then later we learn that the Seventh Fleet. What that's like? What Thrawn?
2: I believe that's Thrawn's fleet. Yeah, I want to see that before we get too far along. Is like I was really happy to see Tarkin back, and I think the voice actor they have for this Tarkin does a really good job. I don't know.
1: Oh, it's the same and, dude. That's uh, Steven Stanton.
2: Did he do Tarkin in Clone Wars too? Yes. Because yeah, I wish. I hope there's more Tarkin this season because I, I, like you said, he does a good job, and it's just fun to see Tarkin around.
1: And then, like when Thrawn showed up, it was kind of buck wild. Like here's Thrawn talking to Tarkin about Hondo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like three different worlds of Star Wars that have just been thrown together now.
0: Yeah. Well, Thron, what do you think of Governor Price's theory about the Rebels in the Lothal sector? This is a- Pirate our Rebels rescued from Naraka Prison, Honda Onaka. Within the last hour, the Phoenix Squadron destroyed mining guild ships using the and hyperspace waypoint. Taken separately, they may seem unrelated. But Onaka's cellmate was a laborer at our starfighter reclamation plant in the Yama system. One jump point away from the Zerida attack. Grand Admiral Thrawn believes the rebels intend to raid the plant and steal fighters for their fleet. Every ship they add to their arsenal increases the threat to our own armada and the Emperor's plans. I trust you have a solution? I will start my operations here. And pull the rebels apart piece by piece. They'll be the architects of their own destruction.
1: So they're talking about uh, how they they got to go and get these these old bombers, these Y-Wings. And I really liked Rex defending the Y-Wing. Yeah. From his days in the Clone Wars. So then Ezra uh, blames himself for Kanan and Ahsoka. And pretty much... Ezra and Kanan's relationship is not doing too hot.
2: Yeah, I think if anything, that's the big the big uh, conflict at this episode is that yeah, Ezra's kind of has all this responsibility, but he's not really necessarily emotionally handling it well, and Kanan's just out chilling in the in the forest. Yeah. Growing his beard and hanging out with those little bug things. Well,
1: and it reminded me, it totally reminded me of like a angsty teenage kid. And the dad that's, like, really stressed out about his job, you know, or something. And, like, you're not paying any attention to me, Dad. You know, like, I'm an artist.
2: Yeah, you don't even know. You don't even like my
1: paintings. (laughs) You don't read my poetry. So, meanwhile, Kanan is out there chilling out, doing nothing. And the Bendu starts to call out to him. I
0: can help you. Where are you? Who are you? Come to me. Ah, you heard my call. Good. Your imbalance woke me from a deep slumber. Imbalance? Your presence is like a violent storm in this quiet world. You're a force wielder. But you're not a Jedi. Wielder? Hmm. Jedi and Sith wield the Ashlar and Bogan, the light and the dark. I'm the one in the middle, the Bendu, the Bendu, yeah. the Bendu. <laughs> Caiman. I'm hungry. <laughs> um. <laughs>
3: bring me some <the> food. <laughs> the Bendu wants to see you. <laughs> uh,
2: Bendu feels like pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dominoes.
1: <laughs> if you order breadsticks, I will not complain. <laughs> um. <laughs>
2: What did the spiders want to eat?
0: (laughs) You carry conflict with you, Kanan Jarrus, Jedi Knight. So needless
1: to say, I thought the Bendu was awesome.
2: Yeah. If anything, I wanted more of the Bendu, and I hope they're setting up the Bendu as a recurring character to keep training Kanan, and this isn't just like all we're going to see of the Bendu. Right. Especially since he's like, because I remember you and I were trying to figure out, man, how's Kanan going to find the Bendu? And then it's like, oh, he's just <laughs> over that hill like <laughs> right. on the planet they're on. But that makes me think that it's going to be a reoccurring character to kind of keep training Kanan. Well, in the preview for
1: next week's episode, he's back, so.
2: Oh, good. Okay. Because I almost feel like at this point, maybe they're that's almost setting up the end of the series where Kanan's going to basically get to the point where he's not a Jedi or Sith, and that's why he kind of stays out of what happens in the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah like, they don't. They don't have to kill him off. He's just kind of becomes you know above the conflict,
1: right? Or he, like the Bendu, is not a Jedi or Sith. He's something in the middle, something in yeah. between, which would make total sense.
2: And he's just somewhere meditating and not, not involved in the conflict,
1: right? Uh, and I thought his like very brief kind of waken Kanan up from his kind of funk was was awesome and teaching him how to see without sight and all that stuff. That was all fantastic.
2: And that's kind of a good setup to Rogue One a little bit, too, of almost explaining Donnie Yen's character. Oh, yeah. Even though he's not a Jedi, but potentially, you know, that he sees the world the same way Kanan's seeing the world. Right. I fear nothing.
1: All is as the Force wills it. <laughs> so kind of after that, you got... Um, you got a lot of Empire stuff where Thrawn comes out and kind of interesting Thrawn thinking of the big picture.
2: Yeah. They're basically like we were saying, setting up Thrawn as a, as a different kind of villain when right. they fought in the past where, especially in rebels where they're just kind of the, they're not thinking ahead. They just, if they see rebels, they attack them and they're always failing because they're not looking at the big picture.
1: Well, and one thing this episode did was, like, they said something about the rebel fleet to Thrawn, and he's like, that's not the rebel fleet. And kind of at the end, with Hera saying the Y-Wings have to be delivered to Dodana of a building rebellion, like, both sides kind of hinting that something bigger is in the works, and the Empire knows about it, and the rebel cells know about it. And I thought, in a way, is that kind of hinting at kind of what's coming in Rogue One a little bit? little bit
2: yeah yeah i felt that way too um and i got excited too because i mean the rebels they talked about this all along how like yeah they're you know we're not going to have the whole rebel alliance right off the bat it's something we're going to build over time but i mean they're in season three now so it's like kind of, by the end of this episode when they showed all the y-wings it kind of was like oh man i'm getting excited because i think they're going to start showing this bigger fleet right and we'll probably get some cool space battles this season i hope so um oh yeah and that reminds me, man. The uh I liked the mining, mining guild or whoever. Their uh, crazy yellow uh, X-wing or Tie fighters. I thought were cool.
1: Yeah, those were cool. Like with that, with the half wings and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I liked Ezra during that part. Like, just kill everybody, no prisoners.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's neat to have. You know, he's kind of slipping into the to the Anakin role a little bit. He's still a hero, but he's not a. He kind of goes over the edge sometimes.
1: But even in like Clone Wars, Anakin was never that, like.
2: Well, he had a couple episodes. There was a couple episodes where. Uh, oh, I can't remember which ones. So there's one or two where he killed the people, and the couple ones where he is like inter- roughly interrogating people.
1: Yeah, but the, all I feel like all of that was when he was pushed.
2: Yeah, and I guess he kind of did it behind the scenes a little bit, not in front of everybody. Yeah. Where, yeah, Ezra's just like. I'm going to talk about murdering people in front of everybody.
1: (laughs) I don't like when he's like, he's like, we got to kill everybody. And they kind of show like Rex and he's like, Hey dude, you better chill out. (laughs) And I also really like the big, like super buzz droids and how how much they piss off Rex or he starts calling them clankers. Like I'll handle these clankers.
2: Eat laser clankers. Yeah, well, it seems like maybe that's going to be a running thing this season of Rex fighting droids again, because we know we're getting the Battle Droids episode.
1: Oh, so. yeah, that's true.
3: Roger, roger.
2: Oh, we can't forget, too, that with more of the Felonian crew you know what the kids love, the fact that uh, Zeb said something was wizard <laughs> was awesome.
1: That That's like two Phantom Menace references right away in this episode. Yep.
2: So. They're like season three, you better be ready for this. <laughs> it's getting wild. Yeah, season three is a is a rebellious teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you like, Ed. I like Phantom Menace and Ben Quantonaros.
1: So Kanan gets his training, leaves the Bendu, but he leaves the Bendu with the Sith Holocron.
2: Yeah, he gives it to the Bendu. Yeah. Which makes the Bendu giggle. <laughs> <laughs> It's not pizza, but it's close.
1: <laughs> I'll eat it anyways.
2: <laughs> um, Ezra gets promoted. Yeah. Because he did such a good job, which kind of goes to his head. Right. And they're sent on the recon mission. Right. Which turns into not a recon mission, because Ezra kind of gets a little greedy there, and they try to start stealing uh, the Y-wings.
1: Right. Basically, the whole mission falls apart
2: chopper gets electrocuted
1: chopper gets electrocuted the whole space station thing starts falling down in a big fireball kanan figures out it's time to stop being a deadbeat dad gets on the ship with Hera, and they go to rescue ezra which ends like i thought the ending of the episode that could be my favorite part like the last crusade moment
3: can't reach you. It's too far.
0: It's okay. I've got you. Go ahead. Let go.
1: When he,
2: yeah, when he jumps,
1: mm-hmm. just just let go, mm-hmm. Indiana, Indiana, let it go, yeah, Indiana, let it go. And I like that when Kanan is like reaching out of the ghost; he's like surrounded by like like white light, you know.
2: Yeah, well, it was a cool kind of a callback to Empire too when. Leia goes and gets, and Lando goes and gets Luke. Um, We can't forget, too, before that, basically, Ezra hits the cold-blooded max of the episode, too, and just destroys the entire base and lets everyone in it fall to their death.
1: (laughs) He sideburns Commander Titus.
2: Yeah, (laughs) which was cool that he was back.
1: Yeah, to die.
2: Yeah. Um, I do like, I hope Hondo keeps the uh, shuttle, too. That that's his new pirate ship.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the Imperial shuttle. hmm Rebel. Jedi.
2: Rebel. Jedi. Rebel. Jedi.
3: Rebel. Jedi. Rebel. Rebel. Jedi. Rebel. Rebel. Jedi. Rebel. Rebel. Jedi. Use the Force. Rebel. Jedi. Yeah, so overall,
1: like, I thought it was, uh like a really solid character-based opening of season three.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. If anything, the only thing, which I guess isn't really a negative thing, but it's kind of like it resolved everything in a way that happened at the beginning of the episode. Like I was actually really surprised, but maybe um, like with the holocron where it's like, Oh, I thought that was going to be a problem all season. And it's like, Oh, here's the holocron. We're rid of it. But I think that's a, are almost tricking us and thinking like all these problems are kind of resolved and now it's back to normal for the season.
1: Yeah, everything's okay Um, now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, now that we're looking at the descriptions of the next few episodes, I think that's all going to start to fall apart again.
1: Yeah, okay. So next week, we got Holocrons of Fate. And the description is when Maul takes the crew of the Ghost hostage, Ezra and Kanan must pass a trial in order to recover an ancient Sith artifact to save them.
2: So I wonder if they basically have to go back to the Bendu to get the Holocron back, to give it to Maul to get the crew. Right. Which would explain the why we saw Maul with the Holocron.
1: And, like, does Maul come with them? Does Maul talk to the Bendu?
2: Ooh. I don't know. Uh, make- I don't think he would, though, because if he took the ghost crew hostage, you'd think he'd have to stay with them. But I don't know. I'm excited to see that Maul's back this quickly. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they were going to wait a bit, but, you know, they're kind of tying up everything that happened uh, in Twilight of the Apprentice. Which honestly makes me think that Vader may be back sooner than later then. What?
1: After that, we've got the Antilles Extraction, where Sabine goes undercover as a cadet in the Empire's elite flight academy to help free several young pilots who want to defect to the Rebellion.
2: It's going to be funny when none of them are Wedge. (laughs) (laughs) It's all a big trick.
1: It's Bob Antilles. Yeah. After that, we got Hera's Heroes, where Hera's rebel supply mission to Ryloth becomes personal when she and the ghost crew brave overwhelming Imperial forces to recover a memento from her ancestral home. I wonder if that one will have Cham Syndulla back in it.
2: I would think. We'll get to hear her in her her, uh, little accent. Mm-hmm, her French. Talking to her dad.
1: Pepe Le Pew voice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> from your pillow to the shadow of a willow tree. And tiptoe, down little lips avec moi. That's not how the force works.
1: So here's something I was wondering, Gabe. Mm-hmm. The, the, how many Y-wings did they get at the end of Steps Into Shadows? Five?
2: Uh, six? It wasn't that many.
1: How many Y-Wings are in the Battle of Yavin?
2: Oh, not that many. So, yeah, maybe, let me see. So, Chopper has four. Rex has one. Sabine has one. Oh, no, I think Chopper has... F- Does Chopper have five, maybe? Yeah. Okay. So, I think they have, they have seven of them. There's seven flying away.
3: Yeah, um, so
1: I wonder how many are in the Battle of Yavin, then. At the battle,
2: yeah, Ben, there were seven Y wings.
1: Okay. So oh no!
2: Wait, no. Then each squadron. So there was um, Red Squadron was twelve X wings. Gold Squadron was seven Y wings. Green Squadron was one Y wing. Blue Squadron was six X wings.
1: Gold Squadron had seven Y wings. So those could be the seven Y wings that were stolen. From the base, by the ghost crew, in A New Hope. If they're deliver, delivered directly to Dodana's base on Yavin. You're
2: right. Yeah, so I bet you you're right that that is. Those are the seven. Huh. So that's Gold Squadron.
1: Yeah, right there.
0: The battle station is heavily shielded and carries a firepower greater than half the Starfleet. Its defenses are designed around a direct, large-scale assault. A small, one-man fighter should be able to penetrate the outer defense.
3: Pardon me for asking, sir, but what good are snub fighters going to be against that?
0: Well, the Empire doesn't consider a small, one-man fighter to be any threat, or they'd have a tighter defense.
1: Over on Twitter, I asked... um, some of our blast points listeners on there to describe steps into shadow in three words, and we we got some good ones. So our listener, uh, Stacy White, she had a few. She had a few of them. She wrote pawns for Thrawn.
2: <laughs> Extra points for rhyming. Yeah, high body count, which really is true. And then, oh yeah, because we forgot to mention that the phantom got destroyed. I know, right? So yeah, which is kind of a big deal.
1: Yeah. I, if I was Hera, I'd be even more pissed at
2: Ezra than she was. Yeah, especially because they they finally got the Phantom to get hyperdrive last season.
1: Yeah, be like, I'm taking down that stupid Ben Cordonero's poster in your bedroom. You deserve none of that. <laughs> yeah. And then she, you
2: can, you can have my Rats Tyrell poster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then she wrote three acts, like she named each act of the episode, which is pretty good: Descent, Seeking, and Hope. Mm. I know This is a good one uh, Twitter at uh, Docking Bay 94 Said Kanan cures arachnophobia <laughs> yeah. That's a good one True. Uh, our friend Ash Williamson Wrote Bendu is legit
0: An object cannot make you good Or evil The temptation of power Forbidden knowledge Even the desire to do good Can lead some down that path But only you can change yourself.
1: A loyal listener, Emily, kept it really real, and she wrote, gonna watch tomorrow. (laughs) You know, uh, honesty is the best way. Our friends at the 12 Parsecs podcast wrote tense, deep, worrisome. Mm. Mm. Good. Amanda Ward from Making Star Wars wrote Ezra, go away. (laughs) (laughs) Which... I can see that.
2: Yeah, I think this part of this season is going to be getting people to love new Ezra. <laughs> his greasy hair.
1: Yeah, and his My Chemical Romance t-shirt and <laughs> Hot Topic no, Hot Topic I, gift certificate.
2: I did like, though, at the end, when I seen Kanan and Ezra together, that they're new. Both their costumes kind of go together, though. Yeah. That, like, on their own, it was kind of like, yeah, whatever with the new costumes. But the fact that they're kind of like. They go together. I don't know. I thought that was mean something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Our friends at the Blockade Runner podcast wrote That's So Wizard. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. And uh, Andrew in Belfast wrote the, probably the truest statement of them all Hondo speaks Ugnaught.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. It's true. As I say, well, you'll find these full of surprises. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's like two scenes where he has full-on Ugnaught-speak conversations.
2: It's, it's going to be his crew. <laughs> it's got to be. It's going to be great. Just Hondo and a bunch of Ugnaughts in that Imperial shuttle.
1: It's the ne- that's the next animated series. That's what Filoni's supervising. Hondo and Pals. <laughs> Get ready.
2: <laughs> yeah. 2017. Yeah.
1: Kathy Kennedy, Bob Iger, you guys better sit down that cowboy hat is coming off are you guys ready to make a billion dollars hondo and pals
2: yep with a z
3: (laughs) you're welcome oh the thanklessness what an accusation i am gone i will send you my bill
0: and these last points too accurate for sand people only imperial stormtroopers are so precise
1: So, Gabe, we don't have any new iTunes reviews this week, which is a bummer. It's a bummer. So, loyal listener, you should go onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you like about this show, and we will read it on an upcoming episode and give you a shout-out. And in the meantime, you can like the Blast Points page over on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter, and we're on Instagram, too. And you're going to want to get ready for next week, because I think I can safely say that next week's going to be our Rogue Friday episode.
2: Yeah, unless they change the date of Rogue Friday, which I don't think they will. <laughs> for reshoots. Yeah. It'll
1: get a new composer, but that's all right. But it's going to be or pretty epic. We're going to have live recordings made on the spot while in line, maybe in the stores. Really, we don't know what's going to happen
2: worst case it'll just be audio clips of us giggling like girls <laughs> as we hold K2SO toys <laughs> if no one will talk to us
1: right yeah so there could be interviews it could be crazy so it's gonna be, be something to look forward to next week but yeah you're gonna wanna follow us on all your favorite social media stuff too maybe we'll give some sneak peeks of what's to come or what we found over at Rogue Friday
2: mm-hmm. or if it's like Horse uh, Friday we might just be sad <laughs> because <laughs> there won't be any toys left.
1: All right, so that about wraps it up for number 41 here. Well, thank you for listening. Um we'll see you next time.
3: Yep. Thank you. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. succeeded without me don't they know that your anger gives you strength gives you focus you can see things clearly your friends cannot now what else do you desire